Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. So let's get into the word, shall we? Luke 2, and I'm going to go from 1 to 14, but I'm going to start at 8 and work my way back, okay? So let's get started. I'll pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word today. I thank you for the word that will go forth unhindered and unchecked. Father, I thank you that there is absolutely no distance in the spirit. And whatever is happening here is happening in their homes. God, I thank you that you are doing what you're doing for each individual house, Lord God. And when they are done listening to this message, Lord God, hope will reside. Encouragement will reside. And God, their faith in you will go to another level because they will trust you all the more. And I give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's roll. Here we go. The birth of Jesus. So the one of the most profound things about Christmas is that the story never changes, but you have to find a new revelation in order to bless the people. And so I got the call. Hey, you got service. I was like, I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when. But Christmas is here. And so I said, okay, God, because one of the first things you do when you have to talk to people, when you have to get in front of people, you ask God, what would you have me say? And what do the people need? And what do I need? And so he said, what's being born to you? And I said, God, what does that mean? What's being born to me? What, what does that mean? So immediately I went to Luke 2 because I wanted to look at the story of Jesus being born. So here we are in Luke 2. In those days of Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. Take note of that. Everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. So that meant there was traveling involved. So from Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem was about 70 miles. So he took Mary with him. She's fully pregnant. She's traveling on a donkey or a horse, maybe sometimes walking, and she has to go 70 miles in order to do it, carrying a baby. So he, okay, so let me back up. To Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, whom was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And in, a lot of times when we read in, we always say, oh, you know, like a motel, hotel, holiday inn. No, ma'am. So an inn was really a guest family or your family's guest house. There was nothing left because they arrived at night. Based upon just the, just reading of history, they arrived at night. We know that Jesus was probably born somewhere around September, October, so it's cold, right? 
So it's at night, it's cold, she's pregnant. And she's very pregnant because she had the baby that night. Right? So she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. A manger is simply just a feeding trough. Correct? So she placed him in a bucket for a visual that fed animals. But he was the savior of the world nonetheless. He was the savior of the world nonetheless. And I said, well, God, if, if she, was, she was birthing the savior of the world, where's the pomp and circumstance? Where's the big celebration? Because if I was married, you did all this extra to send an angel to tell me he was coming. Right, come on, right? Right? You sent a whole angel, illuminated my room, illuminated the space I was in to tell me he was coming. And now to have him, I'm in a stable surrounded by animals in the cold, 70 miles from home. But nonetheless, he was a savior. What's being born? to you today so I I'm still asking because I'm like okay so if God if this is who it was why couldn't she have a palace seat or God you knew she was gonna have to go and do this census so why wouldn't you leave room for her family why wouldn't you tell somebody in her family that hey um she's coming so have her a space but nothing because guess what dreams are only pretty when your eyes are closed. When you open your eyes, you're back in reality. Ah, I hit you again. Dreams are only pretty when your eyes are closed. And when you wake up, you're still surrounded by your reality. It doesn't change the dream. It, it doesn't change the dream. You're just still surrounded by your reality. It doesn't change that he was a savior. Just still surrounded her reality didn't change that he was going to change the world but still surrounded by the reality because the reality it looked as if he was just a baby it looked as though this was another poor girl having a baby on welfare with some man in a stable but she was birthing the savior Verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the, long, the, glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be, fo will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And here we are at to you. So I stopped there because a Savior is born to you. Why is it to you instead of for you? A, a Savior is born to you. But why did you say to me instead of for me. And then 
God always gives you a birth announcement. God always sends a birth announcement. But guess who he sent them to? He sent the birth announcement of the Savior of the world to some shepherds in a field filled with sheep. He sent the announcement of the Savior of the world to a bunch of shepherds who lived in a field filled with sheep. And if you live in a field filled with sheep, sheep and the shepherds are not the only thing there. But that's who he made his announcement to. So I, I had to look it up because I was still stuck on to you and for you. Because if I hand you an envelope and I say, here, this is for you, you can question if it's yours or not. Well, if, if I give you an envelope and I say, here, this is for you, it could be for you to give to somebody else. It could be for you to hand over to somebody else. But if I give you an envelope and I say, this letter is to you, you can't doubt on whom I was speaking to. You can't question to whom I was speaking to. So these sheep who are in a field, these shepherds who are in a field were important enough to God. to send a birth announcement of his son. They didn't care that, he didn't care that they were dirty. He didn't care that they were surrounded by their own messy reality. He didn't care that everything in their life wasn't aligned as the way they should have, or it should have been cleaned or should have been done. He still sent the announcement that to you, a savior is born. And then I had to back up because it says the Lord shone their gl his glory around them instead of on them. God showed his glory around them, but not on them. And I said, well, why would you go? You're announcing something. Why would you go and not shine your glory upon? upon them why around them and then the, it says that the the shepherds were terrified well terrified can be translated into fear and fear can be translated into confusion so the shepherds were confused and I don't think they were confused because the angels were 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 there I think they were confused because you would shine a light around me on all the mess that surrounds me. So I'm important enough when I'm dirty, when I don't have it, when I'm confused, when I'm hurt, when I'm upset, instead of just shining the light on me, you shine it on everything around me, I think that was God's way of saying, I'm in everything you're in. I'm in everything you're in. 
and I'm right there. And there's no place too dark. A field doesn't have light at night. There's no place too dark. There's no place, there's no place too low. There's no place I won't go. And then I'm going to shine the light around you because I need you to know that I'm with you. But not only am I with you, I'm in you because the Bible also says that greater is he. And you thought me important enough to come to this field and grab me. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels. Now listen. They got, these shepherds had the ability to have the, the angel come and visit. And then heavenly host sounds like choir to me. Sound like a whole lot of people, right? So then heavenly host appear as well. So not only did the shepherds get these angels, but then they got a heavenly host. They got this choir that's in the field at night, in the dark, singing. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men whom he forever rests. So then you not only shine your light around me, then you send reinforcements to also let me know if it requires all of heaven. See, I sent, the Savior's already here. He's already in the manger, and you're going there, but I'll still see him. Ugh, you got to catch that. So we, he's up, the Savior of the world is already in the manger. For, for all purposes, we can say God did his job, correct? We can say God did his part. The, the Savior's already been born, but the shepherds were important enough. That not only did he send the angels to send the birth announcement that he was there, he sent another host of angels to sing the praises of the Savior in front of the shepherds. So I ask you today, what's being born unto you? What's, what's being born unto you? And what is it that you still have time to do? I think from tomorrow until Christmas is 12 days. What do you still have time to do? I know we're in a pandemic, and I don't take it lightly. But if God can come to a shepherd in a field, can he come to you? And let me, let me tell you what I did. I'm not talking about nobody else. I'm going to tell you what I did. I used to say, if stuff could just slow down, like, if it could just slow down, and I could just breathe, and I'm at church all the time, I'm at church... Excuse me. At one point, I'm working at the church. So I'm like, I'm here for 12, 14 hours. I don't have time. I got two small children. I got a whole husband. I don't have time. I was using church as an excuse not to produce. Yikes. Yikes. 
church was the excuse not to produce. It kept me busy enough. And it was a, it was a valid enough excuse, but it kept me busy enough not to produce. So how many of us have said, if it could just slow down, if I just had some time, if I just, well, you ain't had nothing but time in 2020. Ain't, ain't been nothing but time. You couldn't go nowhere. You couldn't do nothing. You couldn't even come to the church. So now it's not that the church is always calling you. Ain't nobody calling because you can't come. Now it's not that you can't enroll. Why can't you enroll? Why can't you start the business? Why can't you go back and dust your dreams off the shelf? Why not? And, and some of us, I think, and I know, don't, don't take it the wrong way. For some of us, this pandemic forced us against the wall. Because you either had to accept that God was your source or you were bound to fail. You had to accept that God was your source. Some of us got pushed out of jobs. We're closing because of the pandemic. You can't be here. And with that, either we trusted God and pivoted or we trusted God and set. Either we found ourselves in the field and accepted what the angels had said and got ourselves to the Savior or we stayed in the field, in the dark. See, you have to, a friend said this to me. When you get to the point where you don't care, don't care no more, what was there to care about this year? Outside of your health, outside of keeping your family healthy, Outside of being financially responsible and staying afloat, what was there to care about? You ain't see nobody. So I don't have to care what people are saying. I ain't see nobody to hear them say it. I don't care what I don't have to care what other people are doing. I even get the luxury of not even having to care what people are wearing to church, what people are wearing to church, what they're driving to church, how they're looking at church. Because guess what? I ain't got to see y'all. So the only person I was up against this whole year was myself. The only person that I was standing next to and had to give an account to outside of God was myself. What was birthed unto you this year? And there's still time to do it. Because what I've discovered this year, it don't take God long. Like, like we used to say that, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, it don't take God long. But it seemed like for me, he take a real long time. It doesn't take God long. God gets as serious about a thing as you get about a thing. It, it doesn't, like, it literally doesn't take God long. It literally doesn't take God long to change your circumstance. There were millionaires birthed overnight selling masks. There were millionaires birthed overnight selling hand sanitizer. People took their physical stores, transferred it online, 
and by the next morning, we're saying, we're not going back to the store. We're going to keep this right online. We're not. Go back to the store for what? They broaden their base. So you had to, you got to get to a point where you're, you don't care. Like with Mary, it gets to a point when you're in labor, gets to the point where labor is starting, that you don't want to drive seven minutes, let alone 70 miles. At some points, maybe having to walk, some points maybe having to ride, some points sitting. You don't want that. So I'm sure by the time she got to the manger and got settled and that baby was on the way, oh, I don't care. Everybody who need to see whatever they need to see, whoever need to do, whatever they need to do, just like you did in the hospital room, hey, hey, I don't care. Just get this precious one out of here right now. Right? Moms, can we agree? Can we agree? I see those hearts. I see you. We, you don't care no more. You just want to, I'm done. I've done this for nine months, and, and I'm at this juncture, I'm done. Well, she didn't, she didn't care it was a stable. And guess what? Where she birthed him did not change who he was. Where you birth something doesn't change what it is. It can be in your two-bedroom apartment with you and your husband, your children, and all of a sudden, you got a dream that you are manifesting. It doesn't change what it is. It's still God-breathed. It's still God-created. It's still God-made. It doesn't change what it is. The location of where your dream is born doesn't change what it is. It doesn't change it. So I ask you again, what's being born unto you? What's being born to you today? What's something that you can do right now? Because this, this is also a reality. I've discovered that dreams take work. So after you open up your eyes and after you've had your vision, after the Lord has arrived, after the supernatural has happened and God has transcended, the angels have gone back up into heaven. Guess what? It's still some work. You still have to decide I'm going to do it. You still have to make the decision that it's going to get done. You still have to put your foot in front of the other and decide that I'm going to do what I can do today. No, I don't have the money yet to become an LLC, but I can get all my marketing done by getting on this um, internet and finding all the websites. I can pick colors. I can choose shirts. I can choose socks. I can do whatever I need to do. You, there's always something that can be done. Oh, my God. One, there's always something that can be done that gets you one day, one year, one month closer to what you dreamed. Because how long do you have to keep closing your eyes and seeing the same thing? You keep closing your eyes and you see the same thing. God has no space to give you nothing else. We haven't, we haven't got to the first thing. 
I'm talking to me. Don't take it personally. This is all for me. I'm not talking to you. You just in the room when I happen to be talking to myself. Okay? What else can he give me? If I've been closing my eyes year after year seeing the same dream, still haven't got it. So what's being born to you today? Huh? What's, what's still on the shelf? It doesn't matter that it's only 12 days left. You have to get out of time because God's not in it. God's not in it. God's not in it. Literally, literally overnight, and I will share this, literally overnight. I was at Walmart, did something, got on TikTok, did something. Do you realize the next morning, more than $3,000 had hit my account? Listen, I don't know what going viral means, but I quickly learned. I did one TikTok. Wasn't begging, wasn't fussing. I was just simply sending encouragement. I did one. And overnight, I woke up to so many dings that I thought something was wrong. My phone was like, ding, ding. Then the people were saying, put your Venmo up, put this up, put that up. And I was like, no, I didn't do it for that. No, I didn't. And the Holy Ghost had to get me. You can't stop which way I'm coming. Quit, quit blocking which way he's coming. Stop, stop, trying, to, stop trying to do this, um, what is it, this cutesy, humble thing. Like you being real, I'm being real humble. Oh, no, I didn't do it for that. Oh, no, I didn't do it for that. And then you're going you're gonna to try to shut off the very thing God is using to bless you. If they ask you for your Venmo, give it to them. Ask you for your cash app, give it to them. You have no idea what God is going to use. If, if you're the person who says, I, I, I want to get on TikTok, I want to get on social media, what are you waiting on? Guess what? This is what I learned also this year. Circumstance is never going to be right enough for you to do what you're going to do. It's always going to be a bill. It's always going to be something the kids need. It's always going to be something. It's always going to be something. So you have to decide. Now, I'm not saying not prioritize your family and your children. Don't do that. Now, you got to prioritize your family and your children. But it is okay to be strategic. It is very okay to be strategic, and it's very okay to, oh, well, in order to, I need to, I, I need to have a light, and I need to have a camera, and I need to have a, you have a phone, and you have somewhere in your house that got a good light. Go in there. If it's designing, if it's drawing, if it's whatever it is, what's being born to you today? Remember that message that Bishop preached that it's in the house? It's in your house? We've had so much time to be in the house. Like, really, we've had so much time to be in the house. What have you discovered? Not about what's in your physical address, but what is in you. What's in you? What have you discovered is in you? What have you discovered that you can do? 
What have you discovered that there is something in me that just makes this effortless? There's something in me that just makes this easy. There's something in me that this is just what I need. Or what have you discovered you need to let go? What have you discovered now needs to get a pack? You, you, we need to cut this off. That's not serving me. That's not serving me. It's amazing what me and my friend, me and my friends talk about on the phone. So we were on the phone, and um, she said, "Oh no, 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 I'm not doing that. That's not serving me." And I didn't think much of it because you know when you have those kind of friends that you know that that they're that type of person, you expect those things to be said. And when I got off the phone, I said, "Yeah, I can't participate in that. It's not serving me." Is it serving you? And by serving you, is it a blessing in it? And not money, not this. Is it, is it effortless? Is it blessed? Is it anointed? Is it glory-filled? Or does it feel like a curse every time you get up? Does it feel like every time you walk in the room, all of glory leaves? This is how you know. In order to go there, get there, be there, or stay there? Do you have to sing praise and worship? Do you have to pray? Do you have to? So in order to stay in this room, in order to stay in this job, in order to stay in this house, in order to stay in this, I have to, I have to do all these things. Before I get there, does it make you physically ill to go there? Does your head start hurting for no reason? Do you get up and say, man, got to do this again. Man, so-and-so going to be there again today. Is it serving you? And then I know the Bible says, for I know the plans that I have for you. But guess what? Guess what I just learned? And I was, you know how they say, I was today years old when I realized. So I was today years old when I realized that when Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans that I have towards you means I might need to consult God on the plan. Like for real, I was today years old. I, I was today years old. When I said, oh, so if you know the plan, there's no need in me running around trying to figure it out. I just need to consult you on the plan. So I know what's being born to me, so I know how to get to, because the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So I need to consult you. So I know what's being born. So I, I can have the glory of the Lord shine around me. And I believe also at the point where the shepherds, the glory surrounded them, it blocked out everything that wasn't like him. So now the only thing you can see is God. Now the only thing you can see is glory. Is glory shining on you today? Is it shining around you today? And if it's not, all I say is, Get back to the place where God can reveal himself. The shepherds were in a field. Did you leave your field too soon? 
Because the field ain't bad just because it's full of sheep. Oh, the field ain't bad just because it's full of sheep. It's a little dirty. And, you know, shepherds were at the bottom of the barrel when it was concerning, you know, position and status and all of that. But it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. So did you leave your field too soon? Did you leave your field without instruction? Because the angels gave the shepherds instructions on how to get to the Savior. Listen, hit them, hit them hearts. That, come on. The, the, they gave the shepherds instructions on how to get to the Savior. They gave them instructions. So did you leave your field too soon? We so, we're so busy sometimes hating here that we miss the opportunity to get there. One more, one more, one more time. One more, one more time. One more. So sometimes we, we get so busy in hating here, the position in life that we're in here, that we miss opportunities to get there. Because hating here keeps you distracted. Hating here keeps you not being able to see. Hating right here when all it takes is right in here, I have to believe that somewhere in their hearts, the shepherds were happy. That they were content. That they they felt content in what they did. They might not have liked all the circumstances, but they were content. And then God shows up. So don't despise here so much so that you miss getting there because hatred only keeps you distracted. And hatred is a profound thing. Um, I know hatred, that's a strong word, but let's use dislike for all the people who hatred is too strong. But it's a profound thing because dislike will keep you talking, looking, Acting the same way. Do you have a friend that that something happened and that's all they talk about? That's that's all they got into with somebody. Something didn't go right. Something didn't go their way, and they have been talking about that same thing for how long? They've been talking about the same thing. And, and every time you hear it, you can recite it. You know the story so well, you can, you can recite it. You, you know what they're going to say first, you know what they're going to say in the middle, and you know what they say in the end. So they have gotten to the point where it's consumed them. It's overtaking them. And if all your mind is thinking about what you don't like, when does it have time? to even allow you to dream? When does it have time? When does God even have time to get in the middle of that and give you a dream? When does, what, if, if all I'm thinking, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if all, if all I'm thinking about is what I dislike, doesn't that make me dislikable? If, if all I'm thinking about is, is what's, not, what's not going right in my life, doesn't that make all the more things not go right? If, 
if all I'm thinking about is what I don't have, then doesn't that make it all the more that I don't have? But you have a Savior who was born in the same, possibly the same circumstance that you may be in right now. You feel like you're in a feeding trough. Feel like you wrapped up and you bound up and you tightened up. And they only wrapped them in a swaddle to ensure that their legs and their arms stayed straight. So they, you, you feel like you're, you're wrapped up. Like you, you don't have no give. You don't have no pull. You don't have, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But you got a savior. I, I know, I know the, the, the circumstance is not ideal. But it is only a circumstance. Circumstances are not permanent. And anytime you get ready, you can declare when it's day. Oh, it's when day arrives, it's still dark outside. When a new day begins, it's still its darkest outside. You can declare at any moment that it's a new day. You can declare to everything in your house that it's a new day. You can declare at any moment that it is a new day. What is being born? Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.